The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, please, we'll take our seats in a moment. Let's take um, a declaration of understanding as we always do. Oh, no, let me not jump this other ritual quickly. <laughs> Revelation chapter 1. I was about to jump because of time, but that's not good. Let's declare the glory of the Lord quickly. Revelation chapter 1. I just want to take a few verses there. Revelation 1. Let's all read together in the same voice. We'll start from verse 4, the second part of verse 4. And we'll read all the way to verse um, 8. All right? Second part of verse 4, and I'll read all the way to verse 8. Now read it like you are blessed. One, two, let's go. Grace to you and peace from him who is, and who was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. And he has made us to be a kingdom, priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. So it is to be. Amen. Verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Amen. Amen. Those who have declared the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say amen to that. Amen. This is the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the glory of the Father, amen. which he has bestowed on the Son. Say amen to that now. Amen. The Lord is good, though. All the time. I said the Lord is good. All the time. Say the Lord loves me. Or the Lord loved me and released me from my sins by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Say today, I honor him again. I glorify his name. And from the bottom of my heart, I say, Lord, thank you. Say that again, Lord, thank you. Because I've been set free. Because I've been delivered. Because I've been made holy. Because I've been made righteous, because I walk above sin, in the name of Jesus, amen. As we take our seats, let's take our declaration of understanding quickly. One, two, let's go. Now I declare, the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Okay, now let's continue looking at the faith foundations for the Christian walk. That's the title we gave this series, talking about the fundamental principles of faith again. This is never, I mean, you can't overflog it. You can't do it enough. You can't say, we have learned it and learned it. It is the foundation of working with God. And we're going to take a number of scriptures today to use to, um, to take the text, all right? Let's take my text for what we're going to discuss today. Genesis chapter 22, the first one we'll read. That's to help me go to what the Lord wants us to learn Today, Genesis chapter 22. 
Now, because it's a very long read, and it's a portion we all know very well, I might skip a few verses so as to save reading time. It says in verse 1, Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham. Now, please, let's remember, around chapter 12, we began the... And, uh, we began to read the story of the life of Abraham, who God called, leave your father's house, leave, your, leave everything you know, leave your city, follow me to a land into which I will be your guide. And then I will bless you, I will make your name great, I will make you, let's summarize it, a father of many nations. And in you all the nations of the earth, the peoples of the earth will be blessed. But before I can do that, the first thing I do, it's to strip you of every other thing that you can lay claim to. Things that may be able to help you to get to where you are going in life. I will have to remove the, all of them so that when I do what I'm doing, everybody will know that it has to be me. I hope you're getting my point. It's not going to be because of the natural advantages that you have. That is what I'm trying to do. So God had been working with Abraham all this while. Or Abraham had been working with God. God said, walk before me and be perfect and I will bless you. And I want you to know it was a journey. It was not a day. It was not an emergency miracle that God did for Abraham. God called Abraham and together they walked for a long time. And they walked before God for decades. All right? He waited for Isaac for 25 years. And at this point, Isaac was about 35 years of age. Maybe a little older, maybe a little younger. I'm not certain. But we can take 35. Isaac was not a child at this point that we are reading. So, Abraham had been working with God, all right, for about 60 years now. Do you understand that? And God had been training him. Initially, his name was Abraham. And God changed his name to Abraham. He moved from one place to the other. He got into a lot of trouble and experienced a lot of God's deliverance. He did. You know, he had a lot of experience at this particular point in time. He had fought a war at this point to try and rescue Lot. And he succeeded in that. He had interceded for a whole, for, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah and all the people there. He had had all those experiences at this point in time. So what was happening was that God was building him from one experience to another. Let me just say this to us again. Walking with God is a walk. Do you get my point? There's no hurry in it. You can't time God. You can't tell him, I will do this, and then you will do this within this time. It's not allowed. You just walk with God. He dictates the time by himself 100%. All right? He says the time. What you just do is to cooperate. What you do is make sure you are faithful. Make sure that each time he keeps you somewhere. He said, blessed is the servant who his master finds so doing. You know, if Jesus says he's coming back tomorrow, the way to, not to wait for him is to go and wait at that junction. The way not to wait for him is to go to church and go and wait. The way not to wait, that is how not to wait, is to be on your knees praying. That is how not to wait for Jesus. You know how to wait for him. You get up in the morning, have your family quiet time the way, the way you normally do. Then enter your car, drive to work, that is get ready, go to the office. Don't abandon everything because Jesus is coming. He said, blessed is the servant who the master does what? Find so doing. It is what you are doing which he commanded that he must meet you doing. I hope you're getting my point. What I would like is that for me, maybe now I'm preaching. And it shows up five minutes into my message. It's good. It's not as if, brethren, Jesus is coming back today, so there's no need for message now. Let's just sit down. If it's time for Bible study, be at Bible study. 
If it's time to sleep, be asleep. I hope you get my point. You get what I'm going to say. Don't try You won't suddenly have a new um, itinerary, a new set of schedules now, simply because he's coming. He's blessed is the servant who he finds so doing. So bear that in mind. What we want is to develop a work with God. Please, I need to emphasize to us again. Don't give because you want to get. Be a giver. Do you get my point? What is it? Who is a giver? The person who gives as a habit. Don't calculate. This calculation that people do is not, is not good. Do you follow? I mean, some people say that you are practicing giving. Start with 10%. Maybe, maybe. I don't have a problem with that. But once you cross the 10%, throw away the calculator. You don't try. Do you follow my point? And then continue living a giving life. Not, but not that an issue comes and say, ha, honey, we have done 10% now. We have even made it 20 for the month. We thank God. That's nonsense giving. What do I call it? Nonsense use the proper word I use now. Nonsense and say like you believe it. Nonsense no, that's not a good life. It's not a good life. You can't live like that. You can't live like that. You must have, you must make giving a habit. You must train yourself in, until giving is a habit. All right? I went somewhere the other day to preach, and the pastor was testifying about how I've been a blessing in his life. He was saying some things from the pulpit. Now, you know how I was feeling? Is this guy making a mistake? I don't think it's me. They said, Pastor Banker was so nice to us then. You know, it, 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 it would say something. And I said, ah, no, 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 this guy is making a mistake. He's mixing me with, with another of his friends. So I turned to his wife beside me. He said, your husband is making He said, no. She said, no, he's not making a mistake. He started giving me details. No, this happened. This ah, I was looking at him like, are these people serious? Then the man said, ah, he laughed. Because he saw me, you know, he was talking. He saw where I was talking with his wife. So he knew what I was saying. He said, that's it. He can't even remember. I told him later, I said, I'll be honest with you. I can't. It was, I go, I go back home, I told my wife. I said, no, she could remember part of it. You know, like, I did that. I totally, it was, it was in the whole congregation. As God lives, I thought he was mistaken. I thought he was talking about somebody else. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Chooks was the one. I know Chooks looks a bit like me. Just look like 35 years younger, but he looks. <laughs> 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 that is good. Now, the point I'm making is that I, I give God the glory for that, okay? If I, you don't know what I'm talking about anyway. I give God the glory for that because it wasn't something to remember. It was not something to remember. And they were not really small things. It wasn't something to remember. Remember for what now? If you, if you didn't remind me, you know, as years will pass, I'll be forgetting more. See, it's what we become, what we make a habit. Like my pastor would say those days, say you want to go and pray all night. He said, don't waste your time. He said, if you don't have anything dangerous happening tomorrow, that you have to make up your mind between now and tomorrow morning. He said, there's no need. He said, all you can do is 30 minutes a day. Do 30 minutes daily. He said, if something you can't make a custom, don't start it. So if you have a dangerous decision to make, he said, I can understand. I mean, then I didn't fully understand what he was saying. But later I got the point he was making. He said, if you have a dangerous decision to make between now and tomorrow morning, if there's a crisis, I can't I can get it. He said, we just get up and say they want to do all night. So in his church, they never do all night. They don't do all night prayer. He said, he doesn't understand what they are praying all night for. You know, some of And I have many pastor friends. That's, that's how they are. When they say all night, they say all night what? Some people said they are going for all night. They are back home by 10 o'clock. I said, which one? He said, that's what they do for our church. That's our I said, stop calling it all night. Just say, I'm going to pray. 
Some people just like, you know, a lot of Christians. If church never do all night, it's never serious. So pastor said those days, he said, look, if it's not your custom, don't waste your time. That you, everything you gain in all night prayer, you lose it again next week. He said, if it's 30 minutes you can do every day, make 30 minutes daily a habit. Make 30 minutes daily a habit. Make it a custom. I'm going to emphasize that that's what we are supposed to do as Christians. Make everything into a custom. The work with God is what I'm going to emphasize here. It's a custom. Prayer is a custom. I like one song Pastor Chris Devon sang. He said, I call upon his name long, long before my troubles came. That is why I shall not be afraid. I don't know whether I got the lines right. Okay, yes. He said, I called upon his name long before my troubles came, so I will not be afraid. That is, make calling the name of the Lord a habit. Some people don't remember God until Wahala comes. It's good anyway. That's why God says, send Wahala so that this boy can remember me. There are some angels, they like, ah, they say, long time, no work. They help you to remember God. What am I saying all of this, the people of God? Let's make working, it's a work with God. What do I call it? What do I call it? Can I say another thing? Just to help people. If you go for a program, maybe, okay, Muti Okadak is a program now. Here and Ima. And another Ima down the road. The other guy is also a man. You are dead. He said, now, today, you will do what you have never done before. Just carry your Bible. <laughs> Just say, <laughs> I'm not doing. I'm not doing. <laughs> is it all the time? He will not do what you have never done before. So that God will do what he has done. No, 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 get away. And we just come. I was. <laughs> Say, so you do what you have not done before, so that God can do what he has not done. What, the, what has he not done? Yeah. Are you the poorest human being he will save? What he has not done before. You now go home, go and bring your television as offering. He just knows. <laughs> Let's make working with God a habit. Oh, you won't be making merchandise of your soul. Go to church with your car, you come back home trekking. Now, I don't have any problem with giving a car as an offering. That's not my big deal. That's not my issue. No, it's not. It's more by that one week later, your eye go come clear. You that has never given out anything big, now go and do what you have not done before. That's the confession that has entered your life. You now be sitting there and be saying, What exactly was I thinking? I told one of my friends, he said, one man asked him, what does it mean to see the glory of God? So my friend called me, said, Banky, what does it mean to see the glory of God? I said, was I the one that preached the message? When he gave out the car, he didn't ask the man who was giving it to. Because the man said, when you do something, you will see the glory of God. Now, if you want to see the glory of God, what did Jesus say? Did I not tell if you will believe? That's what he told Mary and Martha. Yes. Yes. But this man, he will do something. The man carried one mighty thing to the altar so he can see the glory. After a few months, the guy was not wondering, did I see that I didn't recognize it? So he asked my friend, what does it mean to see the glory of God? My friend called me because I'm supposed to be a preacher. I said, ask him whether I was the one that preached the message. Number two, the offering he gave, where's my portion? It's me you will call when things don't scatter. When you were sharing the money, you didn't call me. You didn't say, okay, man of God, though, we want to give five cows to see the glory of God. 
hold one so that when we have questions, we will, <laughs> we will come to you. You gave me nothing. The one I like, I'm the one you are calling. Just warn yourself. What am I saying? Stop doing things you don't do normally that you cannot study. You will finish doing your book. You will not be thinking. He said, but pastor, Abraham sacrificed Isaac. We are going there. You will see that God trained him to that point. If you go and sacrifice Isaac, he's dead if you don't have the faith. A lot of people have left church because I want to say they've given everything. Some have built branches. Uh-uh, they've given land. One woman fell sick, went to hospital. Call this man. This one. Say, why should I be sick after I gave my land to God? And the land we are talking about is, you know, sweet, sweet land. If you talk, okay, in any go of today, like somebody telling you that I had this land on the street I gave to God. Yeah, is that kind of land we're talking about? After giving it to God, you know, healing sealed, prosperity sealed, everything sealed. That's what they preach to her. Next thing, boom, stomach hole out. Ah, carry a Russian gospel to weeks, the hospital. Now I call this man, say, come and explain. Did you, did you guys deliver to God? Because God doesn't seem to be doing the one we asked him to do. I pray you guys will believe me. I've been printing. Those some people are very stubborn. After all this one, now you know what he's doing them? The ones they've given. They don't want to believe he's lost. You want to know the truth? He's lost. Don't worry, it can be recovered. But not that thing. God doesn't bother recovering houses and cars. All flesh is grass. What is his problem recovering grass? He can grow another one. He can grow better ones. Just learn your lesson. Stubbornness is the reason why you will not benefit from your mistakes. That's when you get someone. Somebody said, do what you have not. Said, Just look. One day I went somewhere. One pastor was preaching, was preaching. My friend invited us there. So he was going now. Nah, which person invited us? I said, what is he doing? He says, the one that raises money in this church. I said, must they lie because of that? I said, is that why you're just talking? Because yeah, we're just talking a lot of nonsense. I said, tell him to tell us to give money. It's not a problem. Must you wind us like a manual watch like this? The guy was whining, you know, like, you know those generators that generate, this generator. He was rolling us, rolling us. After I, ah, now Bele begin to twist me. Now ask my neighbor, say, what is he doing? He says, the one that's raising offering. I said, so he has to tell this amount of lies? I said, tell him to sit down. Raising money is not hard when you have Christians with you. Just go there and say, God bless you, my brethren. God has blessed you. Where is the church portion? You know, the other day, we went to my wife's village, my wife's father's village. So, what did we go to do? Okay, anyway, one family issue anyway. So, it's a Catholic church. So, the priest started talking. My wife said, I said, my wife, calm down. I told my wife, no need to get angry. This guy is very good. He's very honest. I said, your Pentecostal brother is not like this. You know what the guy said? He said, we're happy to see all of you. He said, you know, this is a village church. It's only when we see you, we can collect something. Yeah, you know, he said it like that. He said, he said, no, he told us that the normal number of parishioners here were no more than 35 or something. He gave the number. He said, so when we have seen you now, we are happy. He said, so what you will help us do? 
is that you know there is no, you know, you know the cost of diesel here. He said, you know the way things are, and then the church doesn't have. He said, you know, he said the mission house is there, the church is there. We run on diesel all the time. He said it's not economical. You know the cost of diesel. He said we have done the costing for with two million naira, we we'll get solar panels and batteries and install alternative power. So please, we would like all of you to help us gather two million naira before you go. There's a reason why my wife was provoking. I won't tell you the reason. I told her, calm down. Okay, the first person they called was her brother. You, come. Come and start. <laughs> no, the, 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 the guy dropped better money, you know? I know, serious money. Once he dropped his own, everybody was going forward. Just And then, within like 20 minutes, 2 million was complete. Ah, you see? Yeah. And the Reverend Father took me back. He thanked everybody, blessed everybody, sprinkled holy water, did everything. <laughs> My wife, this is how to raise money. I said, the one your Pentecostal brethren do is not the will of God. If it's Pentecostal, that pastor will dance that day. He will prophesy. He will say the one God did not see. So my spirit said, there are five people here. They're just on this row. The Lord said they are bringing 200,000 each. God never said anything like that. And those all of you on that row, you, you conscience, oh God. You want to tell the pastor is lying. Say so God told him that all of you are on this row. You are bringing to 200,000. You have three or four of you. Because they look like, say, God, I hope I'm not among us, you know. <laughs> Before I came here, you know I didn't have anything. So that day I told my wife, I said, it's not necessary. See, the way that man did it that day, I said, this is the will of God. At least in that regard. Some of us may not do that, okay? But what he did, I felt, was honest. He made, it was plain. He didn't even say it's a special system. He said, all of you came. He said, thank God. He said, he claimed like that. He said, because after now, all of you will go away. He says, only when they are invested, the villages will catch all of you like this. I'm telling you, he said it like that. So before, he said, before all of you go, please, you will leave something behind. Do you know if our brethren, Pentecostals, will do that? We will also respond like that. What am I going to say? Eh? Let's make giving a habit. Let me say that for a moment. When you end, there are places you know you are supposed to give to. Give to them regularly. Apportion your income. That's why nobody needs to come and be threatening you with devourer. Some people say if you don't tight, you'll go to hell. It's not true. Not tight doesn't carry you to hell fire at all. In fact, if you get to the gate of hell, they say, Why are you here? Say I didn't tight. Satan will say that it's not people like you are looking for. I will go. Find me murderers. <laughs> Find me serious sinners. You didn't tight, so that's not my problem. Okay, did you bring the money? You say no. So what are you gonna do for me? In this, <laughs> no. my friendship. Not nobody should threaten you. Make doing good a habit. Do you hear what I say? What did I say? Make it a habit. Christianity is a walk. It's a walk. Make doing good a habit. If, if anybody that's related to you as a friend, you know, somebody in your church is wedding, contribute something. Make up your mind. You will contribute something. The easiest one to contribute is money. It doesn't have to be big. Do you get my point? It doesn't have to be big. Just put something in an envelope. If it's a cashless, it's my problem. See, 2,000 naira transfer is better than zero transfer. If it's okay, I don't want to transfer 2,000 naira. Where's your phone number? Transfer, recharge card, phone airtime. So that's my little contribution. Somebody gives birth to a baby. Go there. If you can't buy the whole pack of pampas, buy the one they sell in two. Small baby cloth. You can't buy baby cloth. 
that they, they, they put on the body before they put the baby. Not sure. Flan, thank you, George, my dear. They say, you men should know not to be putting your mouth. <laughs> okay, they say it's a shop. All right, we can call it a shop. We can call it a flan. Anyway, okay, praise God. But buy one. Give. <laughs> That's where we are going. Are you getting my point? All of you know the way we behave in this house. If somebody comes and says, oh, Pastor, come and pray for a car. I have a new car. We'll finish praying. We'll take an offering right there. Anybody that just prayer must bring money. Can't just be praying anyhow. Yeah, we'll bring a small bag. We'll put money inside and I say, buy fuel. That's what I do. My friends will come. Oh, I have a new car. You have a new car? Yeah, let's go to the next building station. The guy drives in. Fill that tank. I pay. That's my contribution to your car you bought. Some people say, come and wash the car. I say, why should I? Do you know how much money he spent? After he bought the car, you'll still wash the car. Are you being wicked or being nice? I say, ah, this is your new house. You, you, you haven't washed it, too. Don't be wicked. You should, that guy is probably owing money. Some of these people that have new house, go and check how much other money bank is collecting from their salary. Tell me the truth. You should come and wash it for you on top of all of that. You should look in the mirror and say, is this the devil I'm looking at or a child of God? Are you getting my point? Go to that new house and say, ah, God bless you. This must have cost a lot of money. Well, what can we contribute? You don't have curtains yet. All right, I can afford curtains. Here's my 20K. Used to buy some yards of cotton. I can't buy cotton. I can buy a freshener. But I won't leave the place and nothing. I'm just the admirer. You know, some people say, eh, it's because he has money to build a house. But when you go to church, you think the church is poor. That's why you want to sow to them. But when they, they have to use message to whine you. They whine. At the end of the day, you get nothing. What am I saying? Just make giving what? A habit. Make it a habit. It's easier like that. Then God can speak to you when there are important issues. Or the one that you only do when your, your pastor brings a stranger. You're not being blessed by it. I hope you know. You're just wasting your time. Some pastors, when it's harvest, they go and look for the guy that can raise money. If I'm going to that, I'm not coming to that. And if I'm, I'm not giving anything, only what I have planned. It's as I propose in my heart. Don't come and harass me. Say, you come to the front. What will you do for the Lord? Say, the Lord, I should not announce it in front. It's true now. Say, sir, the Lord said I should not announce it from the pulpit. Let's be, let's, let's be Christians. Let's be Christians. Let's be believers. I've just used that to emphasize some things to us again, all right? And that's about faith. That faith is a walk. It's something that we do constantly. It's not an emergency measure, you know, we hang it somewhere. Then when we need something, we go and grab it. No. Abraham was walking with God. God said, walk before me and be perfect. He was supposed to walk with God. Walk with God. God puts a step, he takes a step. God is still showing him where to go, how to go. That's what means to walk. It's a constant thing. It's something you make up your mind to do all the days of your life. It's not that we do it until it bears fruit. The Christianity is the fruit. I hope you get what I'm saying. Pleasing God is the fruit. Don't worry about what God will do as a result of it. Your greatest pleasure must be in knowing that God is pleased with you. That must be your satisfaction. My everyday walking, is it pleasing to God? The way I spent yesterday, did you, do I think it pleased God? Or I spent all my time, precious time that God gave me to be productive. I spent it chatting away, commenting on things that can't change anything. I didn't spend it praying, I didn't spend it studying, I didn't spend it working. And the day passed. I hope you're getting my point. 
If I spend the day well, that is the important thing. It is pleasing to God. That's what Christianity is. So let's get back to our reading. So God, Abraham had been walking with God. And the Bible says, now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham. Now let me explain what that means. It means Abraham had been in school. This is the end of the academic session. This is final year. So God said, Abraham, come and defend your thesis. Abraham, come and write your examination. Abraham, everything I've taught you, let me see what you know, what you are going to do with it practically in life. It came about after all these lectures. It came about after all these practical sessions. It came about after all these discussions and seminars that God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. Time's sake, I will jump a few lines. Verse 4. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place where God said they should go to from a distance. And Abraham said to the young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. Remember, worship is to take something to God. Remember that. We discussed that um, on Tuesday during our school of prayer. Abraham took the wood of the offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and took in his hand the fire and the knife. And the two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am. Behold the fire and the wood. Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them walked on together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son, Isaac, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not stretch out your hand against that lad and do nothing to him, for now I know, now I know, now it has been proven. It has been demonstrated that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering, in place of Isaac, of course. Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. Now verse 10, Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord. Because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. I swear, indeed, I will greatly bless you and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Now, let me stop reading here. I've read quite a bit. Now, why did I read this? Remember I said it came about that God Tested Abraham. Now let me say something about faith. It's faith we are looking at. Abraham, if you go to Romans chapter 4, Paul went through the life of Abraham and showed us the principles of faith from there. And we might do that along this line. I mean, along the line as we're going on in these teachings. Now let me say something. God has a need. I mean, when I say he has a need now, each time there's something he's looking for. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah. You have to bear that in mind. And one of the things you should 
try to do in life is meet those the needs of God. I hope you're getting my point. For example, it says, to this one I will look. Quick, let's go there. Isaiah chapter 66. You know, God says, I'm reading verses 1 and 2. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where then is a house you could build for me? And where is a place that I may rest? For my hand made all these things. Thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord. He said, but to this one I will look. That in the midst of all of these things. Even though I'm very powerful. Do you get what he's trying to say here? Even though I'm so great. Yet there's one thing I'm looking for. He said, to this one I will look. To him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. That is, God says, I need a kind of person on this earth to walk with. That's what they were saying. You know, yes, they were having a discussion with some people. <laughs> and the person says something, you know, I thank God, you know, something led to it. I said, no, that I'm a blessed man, that I'm very wealthy, all right? I have a lot of wealth. Right, I'm careful not to use the word money. And what led to it, I said, um, actually something led to it, you know. So he said he didn't have cash, he, was on, he went to the bank, was in the queue for a long time and all of that. And I'm looking like, what? He went to the bank to queue for cash? Do people do things like that? You know, that kind of attitude. So said, okay, how do you get cash? A few minutes beforehand, those of you know who I'm talking about, I called one of our brethren. I said, please, I will need cash. And the person said, okay, sir. I said, I just got cash five minutes ago. I said, without phone call. They're like, what? I said, why would I join a queue? Who does that? He said, he is even very suffering a lot. That really, if he joins a queue, once he's put his ATM, the money will finish. I said, you must have done one evil that you have been punished for. <laughs> We're joking about it. I, so I started telling him, you know, just led to this. I said, I'm a very blessed man. I said, I'm, I said, I'm wealthy. I said, in fact, one of my friends, he said, this is what, he said, this is what is most important in life. Because he, said, he told me something that, ah, there is this thing hard. And I said, I can get it. I said, I have a guy who will get it for me. He sent me a message back. He said, I have a guy. I have a guy. He said, those four words are some of the most important words in this life. So I told him, I said, I call it wealth. He said, in fact, he gave me a thumbs up. He said, that is wealth. So I was trying to tell them stories. I said, no, I'm a very blessed person. If I need something, I, almost everything I know, I just have somebody to call. Almost every time. I remember one day, my wife was arriving before the days of Uber. My wife was arriving. I said, when is your flight landing? She said, around 3 a.m. I said, no, you can't leave the airport at 3 a.m. That's international, Lagos. Immediately, I just called her brother. I said, Chima, my wife is arriving. She'll be landing around 3. But her luggage will be out, everything. Maybe around 3, you know, 3.30, 4, thereabout. I said, be at the airport 5 a.m. I mean, Enugu, he's in Lagos. He said, yes, sir. 5 a.m. he was at the airport. I told my wife, don't worry. Chima will take care of you. So we'll go back to the airport the following morning from church. I called another brother. I said, my wife is going to be in your church service. Her flight is 11 o'clock. Make sure she doesn't miss the flight. Yes, sir. I said, someone said, who do you have brought? I said, I leave all of these things behind. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I said, you're not serious. So I'm just telling them that God has been so good to me. I don't take it for granted, though. I don't take it for granted. I said, it's a favor of God. It's a blessing of God. Almost everything that I need, I just, I just, I just call. If I don't call somebody, I call somebody who will call somebody. Including one day they told me that somebody's missing. I said, eh, give me the person's phone number and everything. I called up my brother and said, he called DSS. 
So I told the person, don't worry, we'll see what we can do to locate her. <laughs> I just called one of our brothers. And he called the DSS people. That please, we have a case of a missing girl. She left home. We don't know. They just asked him, where is her phone number? And they gave it to me. I gave it to them. So I was telling them, so that guy now said that, this life is not fair. I said, what do you mean it's not fair? <laughs> After a while, he calmed down. He said, actually, it is fair. That's how life is. He now said by himself, this is where I'm going to the whole talk. He said, even with God, we are not all the same. He said, anybody wants to come and deceive you, they are all on the same level. He said, even with God. One lady was there, one young lady. He said, I know, how can you say with God? I said, it's true. I said, download my, my tract. Are we all equal before God? I said, potentially, yes, we are. But in practice, we are not. That's what I'm telling this whole story. Something led to it. I was having a discussion with some people. That in life, I said, we are not all equal. We are not all equal. And that's what he was saying. He said, even with God, it's not like that. And I want you to understand, there are people that we pray, God will not even answer them. God said, I'm busy with other things. Why? He said, they kept iniquity in their hearts. That not so? I didn't know human beings. I did, not, I did not pray. But there are those who we pray. Before they start, our father, God says, stop, stop that music, stop everything. Everybody stop. Daniel is talking. So when the angel came, he told Daniel, you're a man of high esteem. So you find out that God doesn't, he never said everybody was the same. The angel came to Daniel, he called him what? A man of high esteem. So some people are lowly esteemed. That's a matter of fact. But Daniel was highly esteemed. When Jeremiah was praying, God told him, this prayer, even if Moses prayed it, or Samuel prayed it, I still won't answer. When I read that, I said, no, something is up. Moses and Samuel, therefore, their prayers were more potent than average. And definitely more potent than that of Jeremiah. Which was why God told them, if you like, go and wake Moses up and Samuel, I still won't answer the three of you. Samuelson was so serious that anything he said, God confirmed it. None of his words fell to the ground. That's Samuel for you. Why am I saying all of these things? I want us to understand that God wants somebody. Now, if I say this, will surprise some people. God actually wants friends. Friends. You know, when you are very big, you are very great, everybody comes to you with problems. Anytime God does open in the mornings, all the prayer points. Some of us think that's what he likes doing. He's like, so nobody even loves me in this place. Just come in the morning. Lord, oh, tomorrow is election. We need to win. What if you are not the one I choose? God, you will choose me. You know how much I have spent? <laughs> Next, everybody just bombarding him. Few people come to him to say, Lord, I want to say thank you. I want to appreciate the stars. They are beautiful at night. And what's going on in, this, in Nigeria now, I believe your will will be done. And he start talking just to a, let me use the word, a senior friend. And the things that matter to him. You start asking him to do things that are important to him. To teach his children righteousness. Say, Lord, the way your children are behaving, I think we need to improve upon it. I pray that you open churches in this area where people give them pastors after your heart. And then, you know, such people, anytime they show up, God actually literally pays more attention to them than others. Whether you like it or not, that is the fact. And they are the ones that God gives things they did not ask for. When they are done, let's assume they came visiting. God said, are you going now? Say, yes, Lord, I need to go back to the work you gave me to do. Say, don't go back empty-handed. Take long life. 
Take the life of your enemies. Take riches. And the wisdom that you asked for. You know, I just paraphrase something now. That was Solomon. He didn't ask God for anything, yet God gave him everything. I want you to understand that God actually, he actually wants to have friends. Abraham was called what? A friend of God. Jesus said it to his disciples. He said, I no longer call you what? Servants. He said, now I call you what? Friends. Why? You know what I am doing. But you know, he had to build them up to that friendship level. Friendship level was not automatic. Your born again does not make you a friend of God. You are a child of God. Are you getting my point? Yeah, when you're born again, you become what? A child of God. A child and friend are two different things. You have conversations with a friend. Friends don't come to you. That's why sometimes the so-called rich people. That's why sometimes they are difficult to approach because everybody that comes is looking for something. If they go to decides to come, you know someone that they can't even go to church. Because once you hear that this big man goes to that church, everybody's pretending to go to the church. The man is in the men's, uh, men's forum. All the young men would never miss meeting. Why? Because this guy is the MD of a bank. He's the chairman of, a, of a, an oil company. He's this and that. If he just sees my face regularly, then one day I will get a job. I know the truth. Nobody has found out. This is a matter of fact what I'm telling you. Nobody likes people pulling on them. They feel burdened. They feel burdened. They just don't want... It's not as if the man is not generous. It's not as if he doesn't want to give. But doesn't just like being burdened every time he has to process problems. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear that English I just spoke? He has to do what? Process problems. There was one joke I saw the other day. Very fantastic. The guy came and said, ah, bros, I said, you sit down here. No, they do anything. I said, may I contact you with you at the pastor? <laughs> and he makes a lot of... The way the guy looks at him. He said, You're not ready. let me tell you what I'm passing through. It's a very funny joke. I think, I wish I could project it for you to laugh. You will have had a good laugh. It was this guy that acted there. What's his name? RMD. He was on that sat, sat down, relaxing. You know, and the guy came and said, Bro, sir, I said, you did here. I said, may I can't tell you what you had to pass through. The guy said, what did happen? The guy said, no, my sister born twins. He said, huh? He said, one, one day sick. So they, they buy him medicine. So the not great taking medicine. His sister, they take the Panadol. <laughs> So all the belly come full of paradox. Meanwhile, what would they seek? They're not green well. <laughs> so that man said, Is that what is going on? He said, Now will be your problem. He said, That's more thing. You know what you are the pastor? He said, They go buy aviation fuel, put for my motor. My motor don't they fly. He said, You guys, oh, you want to talk about problems? He said, my make go thief for come off for my car. He saw him put up for him, Okada don't fly. <laughs> but that's the other guy's problem. The guy said, if you don't want to help me, just don't say you don't want to help me. He said, I know you want your problem. <laughs> Occasionally, I watch the video just to make myself laugh. The point I'm making is that, listen, nobody wants to feel burdened. It's not that they don't have the money. It's more like, every time, they just want to go out somewhere. Sit down in the evening and tell jokes. Laugh. Watch a movie and then go home. As soon as he wants to open the car door, good afternoon, sir. This one where I don't see it. God, I just thank God I was able to see you. See, God read my track, cheerful giver. 
I explained it inside there. There's something about life that comes from people who give. That, are you getting my point? What I mean is that when people come around you they, and they're a blessing to you, without you thinking about it, their presence is pleasant. Yes. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to think about it. That's why I say, please, let's make generosity a habit. You are going home to go and see you, even your own parents. Don't just assume, uh, don't. buy pineapples, buy oranges, carry something. Now, you know, we got that thing from God, though. Even though he's the almighty breasted one, he can solve all problems. He too looks for friends. He trained Abraham to be his friend. He was called a friend of God. You know what's a friend? We are passing. Let's stop by his house. Let's sleep over. When God was going to use somebody as an example of the power of God in the life of Christ Jesus, he chose a friend of Christ Jesus. Yeah. You could have used anybody on the way. No. He said, we are going to use Lazarus. And God, the argument was that this is your friend. The one who you love. He's sick. Come. The one you love is about to die. That was one house in which Jesus didn't go to solve problems, usually. He went to be entertained. He went to relax. He could talk. He could talk with people. So, listen, even God wants friends. That's what I'm going to say. So, all of us should make up our minds, I will be a friend of God. He has a lot of servants. He has a lot of children. But you know what? He has few friends. He has few friends. I, let me tell you one, somebody is a friend of God. Now, I have some things I cannot say. I can't be dogmatic about them, all right? But I believe they are scriptural. But God's friends are the kinds of people he will come and sit down with and ask, what do you want me to do about this situation? Just tell me what to do. You think God sits in heaven and makes all the judgment? There are some principles here that the father judges no man. He has committed all judgment to who? The son. Now, there's a principle there. I know we're talking about Christ Jesus. But that will let you know that human beings are brought into the judgment no committee. There's a particular scripture I've been, I've been very, very suspicious. When Daniel said, this is by the decree of the watchers. My Bible uses the word angelic. But the, Bible, the, the, the literal Hebrew did not put the word angelic. Nebuchadnezzar said, the decree of the watchers. And I began to wonder, who are these watchers? I'm still thinking about it. But something in me is so strongly suspicious that they are human beings. Some of them are on earth. Some of them I've gone. If you listen to a man like Sadhu Savaraj, he will tell you that he has been to councils in heaven. And who do you find, you know, sometimes you see Jesus in this is a council, other times Abraham is the chairman of the council, and they are determining who will rule countries. And these are literal councils. He said there was a day the Lord appeared to him and showed him a fire. And he opened it. He said, this is, he said, this is a plan I have for my daughter's life. Somebody he knew. And he said, the Lord said, what do you think of the plan? And he's like, what do I think of the plan? He said, I think it's very nice. <laughs> like, what do I think of the plan? He said, he said Lord, I, th- I think it's very nice. But you know, in his own mind, like, Lord, you're asking me what I think of the plan that you made. Can you ever make anything that's not good? Who am I to criticize the plan? So the Lord actually asked him that. What do you think of it? Does he answer, ask us questions? I believe he does. He said, but everything he does is perfect. Well, that is true. But sometimes he may deliberately put something that he wants you to point out. 
You say, everything he does is perfect. Well, let's put it like this. Who made Adam? Who made Adam? Was Adam very good when he made him? Then did the time come when he said Adam is not good? It is not good that the man is alone. Even though he made him. So sometimes, actually he likes that discussion. I thought about it. When they said, why did God create us? He said, so that we can worship him. I said, that doesn't make any sense. It's not, and I'll talk about that in a moment. You have to understand, you must, one of the things that, in fact, when I was coming, I was thinking about it. Which one does God prefer? Those who know his word or those who understand his character? Do you understand me? Just think about it. After I thought about it, both from scripture and from just common reasoning. I said, God is more interested in those who understand his character than those who just know what he has said. The people that he said they had great faith, none of them quoted any scripture for him. None of them told him something that he said when Jesus was speaking. There were two people who just explained something about spiritual operations that they understood his character. One said, I'm a man under authority. If indeed you have, do you get my point? He explained to you, no, no. Being in authority, you don't have to come to my house. Ah, Jesus said, what? I've not seen faith like this. Not in Israel. He said, no, the bread belongs to the children. We can't give it to dogs. He said, but what if crumbs fell from the master's table? When the children are eating. Ah, and Jesus said, great is your faith. See, when we understand the character of God. So that's why he had to explain to Moses his ways. I'm explaining something here. People say that God created us to worship him as if we wake up in the morning and bow. We just be falling up and down. Falling up and down. The God that I know, that's not particularly exciting for him. And you know, I've read a few things. There are all kinds of created beings out there. Alright? There are all kinds of beings. There are cherubims. There are seraphims. There are angels. Let's not talk about demons. Those ones are not going anywhere. I'm talking about... (laughs) And then there are human beings. In all of them, do you know the ones that have the highest purpose and the highest potential? From scripture. Humans, man. Superior in purpose to seraphims. Superior in purpose to cherubims. Superior in purpose to angels. What are angels? Ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who inherit salvation. But why, is it, why are human beings different? That's where I'm going. Because God created them for one purpose. That they will become like him. God is like that. He didn't create human beings so they just be worshipping him. If he's worshipping, how many angels he has out there? But why did he make man? He wanted man to be in his image. After his likeness. What is the concept? So that we can sit down. And it's all over the parables of Jesus Christ. You see, God wants people he can put in charge of things where he normally will sit. I, I don't have a doubt in my mind. You see, he told the disciples, he said, now I call you friends. That was graduation. There is a level where they could discuss things. And persuaded God will actually sit Christians down and discuss who's head of state in Nigeria. This person, because you must understand, most prophets, read your Bible, most prophets, God just said, go and anoint Jehu, Elijah. Yeah, he told Elijah, anoint this, anoint that, anoint that, anoint this one. But when he came to Samuel, it wasn't like that. Go to the house of Jesse. No, they came. Let's talk about how God handled Samuel. We want a king. Samuel said, you can't do that. God came and said, oh, no, Samuel, don't worry about it. 
They have not rejected you. They have rejected me. And they started discussing. Most prophets in scripture, God will just give them a message. But with Samuel, they used to have discussions. No, it's not you they've rejected though. It's me. Then one day God was feeling very bad. I believe it was the Lord Jesus Christ. He was feeling very, very bad. You know what he did? He came to the house of Samuel, took a chair and sat down. Samuel felt his presence. He said, Lord, you don't sound happy. He said, yes, I'm not happy. Why? He said, I feel bad today that I made Saul king. Ah. Samuel said, eh? What? What happened? He said, everything you told him to do, he didn't do it. Without anybody telling him what to do. Samuel didn't sleep that whole night. Read your scriptures. Samuel cried the whole night. How can you do this to my Lord? At the break of day, he was up to go and look for Saul. What is wrong with you, Saul? Do you know what he did to the Lord? What do you mean? He broke his heart. He touched Samuel personally. Samuel carried the feelings of God when he went to go and see Saul. That's why, look, when Samuel is prophesying, he doesn't have to tell you, God says the Lord. He's, the Lord is saying it through. I, I, I don't know where I get my point. He didn't have to hear it ahead of time. He carried the emotion of God with him. You tear his cloth. He looked the cloth. Eh? Thus we God tear the <laughs> He just says and does it. I beg you, it's final. It's a final word. God doesn't find people like that often. He doesn't. Most prophets are... <laughs> most prophets, God just give them, we just go and talk, go, most of them. The word of the Lord came unto me saying, uh, just talk, 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 talk. At the end of the day, they go back to their job. No discussion. It comes to pass. Mm, it doesn't come to pass. Mm, I don't want to mention it. There are plenty that don't over the scriptures. God is not their friend. They don't talk to God. They do their business. God will just come and say something. And then they will go and do what God said. They should go and, go and say whatever I said, tell you to tell them. They will repeat and come back. No conversations, no discussions. Moses, No. Moses will go and sit down. Now, this is how the law is going to be. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> you said they shouldn't divorce their wives. I can't manage a riot. Uh-huh. What do you think? He said, Lord, eh? what can you allow? Should we give them the Islamic code or which one? Huh? The Lord will say, no, Islamic code will come much later. Now, just tell them. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> so Moses will come and say, thus says the Lord. This is what you will do. Conversations with God. So when somebody now challenged Moses, ah, God said, what is wrong? Don't you have respect in your family? You have seen prophets, haven't you? Aaron and um, Miriam, they said, yes. So how do I talk to them? Dreams, visions, they'll be sleeping. He said, no, not Moses. Moses, I talk to him like a man talks to his friend. He said, mouth to mouth, he talks, I talk. He says something, I reply. I'm going to say to us, you know, God's looking for such people till today. There's one song we sing, we sing. I am a friend of God. How many of us know it? I'm not very good with songs. This is. I am a friend of God. And you know, a lot of us say that. In, I hope you know it's a lie most times. Because <laughs> most people say it. They are not friends of God. It's a good song. I think you use it to, as a vision for your life. Yes. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you get to a point. God, it's not everybody he calls friend. Don't just assume that he calls me friend. It's not in the Bible like that. It's a personal experience that you get to know that I have become a friend of God. And it's not the bragging, but now I'm not a friend of God. It's something you guard jealously. You make sure you don't lose it. I want us to understand that. God is looking for friends. Friends. People, the Lord wants to come to Nigeria and come to your house and talk. 
Those friends are the ones that make decisions. If you listen to Sadhu Savara, you know that whether they are on earth or they have even passed on, they still cause them into counsel. Say, oh, yeah, you lived in Nigeria. Come. And you're no longer on this earth. So they, they buried your body 10 years ago. But the matters of Nigeria, God gives you memory concerning it. They want to decide, okay, in four years' time, we, we have to change the leadership. So who, who, who's going in next? And you look at them, because like, like, a man like Samuel, when God, say, ah, surely the Lord's anointed, ah, God saved Samuel, stop that thing. I don't see the way man sees him. I look at the heart. Someone said, eh. He said, this one, I've rejected him. God gave him an explanation. He didn't just anoint, that's what I was making earlier. He didn't just anoint, go there, anoint David. God had to, you know, he wanted to pass a message across to his friend, Samuel. Samuel's a friend of God. So was Moses. Now, you don't need to be told that Enoch. That's where I was going. You don't need to be told that Enoch was a friend of God. The Bible says Enoch walked with God. And he was not. Why? God took him. They reported it like this. This is the way he sees it. That one day they took a long walk. And they were gisting. They were talking. And they walked for so long. Until one day. Until at the point they looked at said, Ah, the Lord looked at Enoch. We are closer to my house than yours. Just go follow me home. And that's how Enoch didn't come back again. It was a long stroll. It was a long stroll. Do you know what? God, some, I, I hope you let me. Have you noticed about knowledge? If you never have a place to use it or show it off, it does, it's not sweet. Yes. You get my point? You like now you know football. You know football. They are not playing a match. You want to watch it alone. Lie, lie. It's not sweet. How can it be sweet? It's not sweet now. You go to where there are many people. And as the dribble, that guy falls down. He said, No, that has to be a penalty. He says, no, a penalty. He said, no, it is a penalty. Do you understand why? You quickly give them the reasons why. And he said, no, this, this guy is the one taking it. How do you know? And the next thing, the coach has signaled, and that guy runs, right, ah! You know, you he, he, he will take it. He's going to the right top corner. And the guy, the boom, he enters, the, ah! and the, you know, they are looking at you like, ah, thank God. <laughs> it's it, it just football. Do you get my point? You don't want to watch it alone. You want to talk, you know, you want to be able to converse with people. And you think God enjoys just knowing everything all by himself? Nobody to teach physics? I have a feeling the Lord will come and he's going to walk. He said, look, tell me, why are children that can teach biology? Because of this biology, I just know it. I'm sure the Holy Spirit enjoys just possess somebody, go and teach. That's how God is. He just likes to share. I hope you're getting my point. He likes to share. He said, will I hide from my friend Abraham what I'm about to do? Do you get what I'm saying? He said, I can't hide from my friend Abraham what I'm about to do. I come to his house, I just go like that. No. He said, no, 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 no. He's going to be a great and mighty nation. He's going to teach his children and household after him the way of the Lord and how to do righteousness and justice so I can fulfill that which I promised. He said, you know why I came around? Why? See these people? I know you don't like what they do too. Abraham said, yes, it's true. So that's why I've come to judge them. But let me come and confirm. And Abraham said, um, Mm. Sorry, excuse me. I know you. Far be- See, I told you, God is more interested in people who understand his character. He said, far be it from you to do wrong. Now, you judge the righteous with the wicked. But adventure, there are 50 righteous people in the conversation. His friend. You are getting my, where I'm going? 
they kept on, the conversation continued. Now, why I'm saying all of this is to let us understand that. It's actually the desire of God to have such people. It's his desire. And the way many of us pray, the way we are taught to pray, the way we are taught to live, I want to say that God does not enjoy our company. He may answer our prayers, but he doesn't enjoy the company. The way we pray sometimes, I said, look, God can't even enjoy this. He can't. We'll come with vengeance prayers. All my enemies must die. And a lot of people, listen, if you have a bitter spirit, God doesn't have your time. I see a lot of believers in Nigeria, and that's why their visions don't, they don't click. They are full of anger and bitterness. They are not full of thanksgiving. We've been talking about that. If you are not a thankful person on a regular basis, God does not enjoy your company. Listen, if the fact that you have something to complain about. See, let me tell you something. Abraham and God. It was not often God, Abraham carried matter to God to be discussing problems. So. It wasn't. It's only occasionally you just make, it just, it's a request. It's just a question. What do you give me seeing that I go childless? What makes somebody a friend of God? That's what I'm talking about. When God called Abraham, let's get back there, which is the main reason why we began this. What the Lord was doing, actually, all right, when he called, at that point, that's Genesis 22, was to test how much Abraham had grown to trust him. Did you hear what I said? It was just checking how much Abraham had grown to trust him. Now, and because he's God, trusting him is beyond the honesty of his words. I don't know whether I get my point. What I mean is this. If I tell you now that, if, I, if you, maybe you tell me something that, um, like, I am the one that kept that, that stuff there. And I know you're honest, you know I believe it. I hope you get my point. But if you tell me that you were the one that flew over my head, in the helicopter, I said, no, you just you were running, you just jumped over the building and landed on the other side. Now look at this, Steve. Are you all right? I start checking your temperature. You jumped over a three-story building with a high roof. Do you get my It's not about whether you're honest or not now. It's about do you even have the ability? That's what I mean. For, so with God, two things were involved in what he was testing concerning Abraham. His integrity as a person was not, was not in question. What we're now going to is that integrity as a person, even when things appear impossible, that I have said it, it is done. And you must understand what God does, all right? Everything he does is by his word. So at the beginning he said, let the light be. He, was, he just said it. As soon as he said it, life, light came into existence. When he says, waters gather, his, the utterance of his words gathers water. Anything he says, he says with his word. So when he wants to relate with people, one thing he's emphatic about is that you must learn how to relate with his word. That's why he said, who do I look to? He said, the one who is contrite of spirit, who is humble and contrite of spirit, who trembles at my word. That is very, very important to him. One, we talk about who knows his character. That's crucial. We've talked about that. Then who trembles at his word? That when he says something, you must understand, his word can't fail and he wants you to know it. His word is more reliable than any other thing you have seen. See, let me explain something to you you here. With God, words are so important that when Adam, you know, the way we look at it a lot of times, 
Adam ate the fruit that he was not supposed to eat, right? After his wife gave to him Eve. Then after that, they found out they were naked. What we used to say, I don't say that anymore. I found it not to be very accurate. Is that when they ate the fruit, the glory of God upon them departed. They now saw they were naked. And then they now went and sowed fig leaves and all of that. But God didn't say so. We just assumed that. God never said they were covered with the glory that vanished after they ate the fruit. No. When it came, where are you? We went to hide. Why are you hiding? We found out they were naked. What did he say to them? Answer me. Who told you? Where you get information you run your life by is very important for him. We used to say, it wasn't glory anything. Is that they began to hear the voice of the enemy. And that was what caused the separation. They were supposed to hear and rely only on what God says. Now, Satan came in, gave them words, and they began to walk according to the word that Satan gave them. That's where the problem was. So when God came, he said, who told you you were naked? That was his query. How did, what, how did you come to that conclusion that you were naked? There is nothing wrong with you. I told you. Now, you are telling me you are naked. Somebody suddenly tells you you are poor. And God said, but I told you you are rich. I hope you're getting my point here. We know the stories. The church in Smyrna, the one in Laodicea. One, everybody said they are poor. God said, but I said you are rich. The one in Laodicea, they said we are very rich. We have everything. God said you are poor, you are wretched, you are miserable, you are blind, you are naked. Never seen that kind of description to describe poverty. So, what God is saying is, listen, if you see somebody from the church in Laodicea, you see the one from the church in Smyrna, who would want to make a friend if what you are looking for is a rich friend? God said, better choose the one from Smyrna. Because the one from Laodicea is poor, even though he has gold. Even though he has fine cars, he has everything that people are looking for. But I am telling you, that fellow is poor. God says, to this one will I look. The one that chooses my opinion over everybody's opinion in deciding who is rich or who is poor. Please, I hope you are getting my point here. Listen, God, that is what, when he was testing Abraham, that's what he was testing him. Because for a long time, he was telling, he was telling Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. And what does he call perfection? You know what I found out? What does he make perfection? It means full trust in whatever I say. It's not about not making mistakes in anything you do. It's about getting to a point where you are fully persuaded that no matter what I say, it's final. That when he said, walk before me and be perfect, that's where he was going. What he called perfect was not that Abraham never makes a mistake. He never says anything wrong. No. So what he calls perfection is what I'm going to explain to you. That Abraham gets to the point where he trusts the word of God impli- that is completely. Anything God says is complete. Is correct. That is, he does, his own is that, who said it? God. So, God says to him, a father of many nations have made, and like I told you last time, he deliberately picked Sarah. He knew that Sarah had, was going to have this problem. In fact, already had that problem. It's one of the reasons why God arranged the whole thing like that. I want Abraham to get to the point where what I say is more tangible to him than physical evidence. So, if I say, a father of many nations I have made you, the fact that Abraham, that Sarah did not bear should not be able to change his mind. That the thing I'm saying should be superior to what he's seeing. My word should be superior to him than what his eyes can see. 
Now, this train has been going on for a long time. We've seen it. God called him. But we won't go over, uh, over that now. But so many experiences in his life, God used to show him what he was saying. One, of, one beautiful example. When he said Ishmael should go, he told him, I will take care of Ishmael. And based upon that, Abraham let Ishmael go. And he saw God take care of Ishmael. He saw God take care of Ishmael. Of course, the time came that Sarah, you must understand, Sarah couldn't, we don't talk much about the faith of Sarah, but let me just drop it for you. Sarah's faith was just as important as Abraham's own. I hope you're getting my point. She also had to be trained. One reason why it was 25 years into the whole thing that Sarah conceived was that that was when her faith reached that level. Because the Bible tells us that by faith, it is in Sarah received the power to conceive. It was something she had to receive herself. It was not, you know, Abraham didn't force it upon her. But I can say to you, to you as assuredly, that it was in working with Abraham and submitting to Abraham that she was able to drink of that spirit of faith. Please, I hope you are getting my point. She walked, no, Abraham, Sarah had to get to the point where she by herself received the ability to conceive. God was working with them. So Abraham, Abraham saw that happen. Saw a woman that was most unlikely conceiving and bearing a child. You know what that did? It strengthened his trust in not just the integrity of God as a matter of honesty, but the integrity of his word as a matter of power. That if God says it, it will happen. No. That if God says it will happen. So the test, the final test God now gave Abraham is what we're talking about here. That's um, um, Genesis chapter 22. He got to a point, God now wanted him to believe the most impossible thing. You know the impossible thing? That you will kill Isaac, offer him up as what? A burnt offering. Not a normal offering. And then from his ashes, the word of God will see come to pass that said in Isaac will your seed be. You know what, why God kept um, um, Thomas there for us? <laughs> People who don't believe without sin, God needed to rebuke them. One of the things about Christianity that you must be ready, no, believe me, one of the things about Christianity is that you must be ready to believe the ridiculous. Yes. You have to believe something stupid. As long as it's the word of God that it came out of. Something that scientists try to argue. You know, let me just say something to you about science. Don't follow science. What did I say? Don't follow science. Okay, let me put it, let me put it this way. Don't follow what they call science. Because true science is good. I saw something today. In 1989, please, can I just quickly, I want to gist more. Am I allowed to gist? Yes, sir. The way Amara shouted that, yes, sir. You know she likes the gist. You know, I saw something today, even though I've said it here before. They said if we don't do anything, many nations of this earth will be wiped out in five years because of climate change. You know when this was said? 1989, you said? 1989. I saw it, I burst into laughter. In 89, also they said it. Which year are we right now? 2023. There's something now. All the signs they tell you about global warming, global cooling, is mostly a lie. They are playing politics. But let me give you this gist again. 
That was when that's something I said before struck me again. As at 89, they were saying that the globe is getting too warm, right? As at two years ago, they checked the figures. And they said in the last 149 years, the globe had warmed by 1.01 degrees. I don't know whether you heard that. In 149 years, the globe had warmed by how many degrees? 1.01. This was about last year or two years ago. When 2003, so this was like 2021 or 2022 that this was said. And that most of it happened in the previous 10 years. So it happened between 20, 2010 and 2020 or 2021, thereabout. Most of it. Yet as at 89, they were threatening us that we were about to die. All of that, at that 89, nothing had happened. I'm going somewhere. So a lot of the signs they teach, don't follow them. When they make it look like creation is ridiculous, if God said it, believe me, it's, it's correct. If the word of God says it, it is correct. If they say human beings have been on this earth for 150,000 years, and the Bible indicates that they've only been here for less than 7,000, 8,000 years, believe it, the scriptures is correct. The scripture is correct. Just be laughing at them. When they say they dug up a, 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 a fossil that's 800,000 years old and is a human being, laugh, it is not true. You know what faith means? Faith means that whatever God says is final. Faith means whatever God says is what? Final. Science should be discovering God, not disproving what he said. And any time they try to disprove what he said, they are always proven to be liars. It's a matter of time. That's why I gave this global warming thing. He said, what did the Bible say anything about global warming? Yes, now. He said, why the earth remains? Seed time and harvest will not cease. Cold and heat. Solomon said, one season will go, another one will come back. Let me tell you this. You can take this to the bank like they say. The earth goes through cycles, which is not determined by whether you burn fossil fuel or you don't. Like somebody said, you know the number one, can you believe this if I tell you this? What is number one heating gas in the atmosphere that causes warming of the atmosphere? Who can tell me if you know enough science? Let me see. Let me tell <laughs> you. don't know that side? Let me see. Chooks. No, no, management, you know. That Huh? No, no, CFC is not common. We make CFC it's a little bit. That's, that only destroys ozone layer. That's there, out in the atmosphere in large quantities. <laughs> Stop talking. You know what she said? What kind of thing is that? <laughs> anyway. No, nobody knows. Look, at least the one they made, made us believe. It's CO2. CO2. But do you know it's far inferior as a heating element than water vapor? Yeah, water vapor heats the air more than CO2. And most of the CO2 that's available in this atmosphere, do you know where it is? It's dissolved in the Atlantic Ocean, Pacific Ocean, Indian Ocean. It's dissolved in the waters. God has his buffers. Don't mind all these lies. They lie to you. What are the scientific facts? Everything you hear is politics. <laughs> God has massive bo- Let me not even sit on that. When you read the details, you know most of these ones you are hearing, it's a joke. But where I'm going with this whole thing is that God has one purpose. You know the person he calls his friend? It's not the person who gives the most to. 
The one God calls his friend is not the person that prays the most. The one God calls his friend is not even the person that reads the Bible the most. The person that God calls his friend is the one that if I say something, once I say it to that person, it is final. No matter what else you want to bring as evidence contrary, say, no, the Lord said this must be the truth. That is the foundation of faith. That is real faith. So that, listen, when we are studying our scripture, a lot of people read the Bible. They're not in the Bible because they have this attitude that that is where the will of God is contained. They are reading it, you know, I've said it many times. We have to be careful that we don't worship the Lord like we worship other, other gods. We have to be careful we don't serve Christ the way we serve other gods. Let us do this so, so that harvest will be good. I'm traveling. I get to the bus park. Someone now comes. I give him something. <laughs> Why? So a lot of people are giving. They are not giving. They are afraid of that, that journey. And the smart ones will pray for your journey. You have to key into the protection with an offering. You want to know the truth? That offering is not protecting you at all. In fact, you are more likely to have problems if you are a child of God. God is angry with you. What is wrong with your head? So you are giving to a beggar because you don't, have to, you, want to have, you don't want to have access on the road. He feels insulted. We have to be careful. We don't worship him like we worship other gods. In which, why do we read the Bible in the morning? You know, so that today will be good. You know, you have to have your quiet time. So quiet time must go Otherwise, when you get to work, work will not be good. Though. So we do quiet time so that work for that day will be good. Again, as nice as it might sound, is pure idolatry. You know, you know, you want to know why Christians read their scriptures? It's simple. They want to really know the mind of God. I hope you're getting my point. They want to know the mind of God. One of the things that happens if you have a good relationship, you and your wife, you and your husband. All right, is that after a long time, after you've been married for maybe 10, 15 years, if they tell you your wife says something, you look at it, it's not possible. I don't, you know that kind of attitude? It's not possible. No, she's not the one that said it. They want to... Pro- you just know, this is my person. I know the way she reasons. I know the way she reasons. I just know the kind... That before you bring a matter, they already know what you will say. Before you kind your wife wants to tell you something, she already knows what you will say. That me just coming to ask this man, you boy, just that like you are troubling me. If I don't tell him now, it will be like, okay, okay, okay. Hey, my husband, this and that. I say, don't worry, I already know. What you have done is that you have, you know, is that's what the communion is about. You have become one spirit, literally. I hope you are getting my point. And that's when we take the scriptures, that's what I'm saying. That's what we are trying to do. We want to read the scriptures until we know. Now, can I just say this? A lot of issues that happened in Nigeria recently, elections still going on. When I see the way Christians, I just said this, you know, you've heard me say many times. I said they don't understand the power of God. I said, people talking, they don't understand the power of God. I just look, I said, they don't understand the power of God. If you know the God we are talking about, these fears you are having, you won't have them. How do you get to know the power of God? Studying the scriptures. So when I take my Bible, the reason why I'm reading 
like, you know, I was, I was listening to one man preach the other day. And he said something immediately. I said, wow. He said that God said, you bring the blind, the lame, the animals, right? Because they are giving commandments. Imperfect animals as, an, uh, as a sacrifice. Why should I take it from you? We know you are giving them commandments. So he now interpreted it like this. That if you only use the time you have for nothing else, to pray, to study, to worship, that you are bringing God an offering that's not correct. Are you getting my point? And I look, I was moved. I said, wow. So let me be sure that it's my best time I give to the Lord, though. I was thinking about it. Then immediately I remember on that scripture that that is correct, too, but there's another balance to it. God said, when you want to pay tithes of animals, what he gave them, he said, you just take a stick like this, the animals will pass under, and every tenth one, what do you do? You tap it, they remove that one. Every tenth one goes. He said, that tenth one, whether it is good or bad, it doesn't matter. Everything, just as long as the tent. So I realized, therefore, that in season and out of season, is accepted. So if I take good time and give him, fine. If there's nothing I'm doing, I decide to read my scriptures, he's still fine. Can you see what I'm saying? I just balance both of them immediately. Why? Simply from studying scriptures. We are getting to know the mind of God. Listen, if you want to be God's friend, that's what I'm talking about. That is what God calls friendship. People are so concerned about, I want to know his word so I can know the kind of person he is. So I can understand his character. And in the process, I understand that anything he says is final. Please, I hope you are getting my point here. That is what God is looking for. He's looking for friends. Faith is the basis of becoming a friend of God. What pleases God? Let's look at Enoch that we're talking about. What is it about Enoch? Let's go back there. Hebrews chapter 11. When I finish preaching today, I believe ministry has been done. If you live here and you have just one desire, I want to be a friend of God. That is the thing, you know? I think that should be the greatest desire of the heart of a believer. To be a friend of God. It's not to have money. Many people are serving God. Oh God, please. Can we stop that thing? Serving God for what he's going to give. If I serve him, he'll give long life. That's, do people see preach like that? They see preach like that? It's bad preaching. If you want anything from God, just simply ask him. See, God has many roles he plays in your life. Being a friend is important, all right? But it's also a father. I hope you're getting my point. You know, getting things from God is as simple as coming because he's promised. And again, character. Remember character? What is the character there? Love. The love of the father. The love of the father. No, you should bear that in mind. That listen, he doesn't deal with us according to the multitude of our iniquity. So, I've done something wrong is not an issue. Is he my father? Is not my father. I hope you're getting my point. He trains us, definitely. If we make wrongdoing a habit, he has to correct. If he has to deny us something to bring our attention to something we are getting wrong, he will do it. But fundamentally, you must understand that when Jesus said, approach like this, our father, that's the basis. So anything you want from God, you go on that basis. Listen, there are times I make requests from the Lord. And I'll say like, God, let me tell you the truth. If you ask what I want to do with it, I have no answer. I'm only asking you because you're my father. My father is rich. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, I do that. There are things I've asked God for. I say, I know it's not important to 
Baba go let me not lie. But my father is rich. And there are things I've asked the Lord for. I just said, Lord, don't give me the money because I don't have the faith to buy it. I don't know whether you're getting my point. When you see the cost, I said, Lord, you know, if you want to give me this thing, you'll bring it. If you give me the money, let me be honest, I'm not buying it. And I'm praying, and I said, Lord, so let them just say, so if you say that it means you don't want it, then take it like that because I can't use this amount of money to buy this kind of thing. But I like the thing. I'm, I'm telling you, as I pray, I just, that's why I pray my prayer. And I'm asking you, why are you asking? I, I pray, I just said, Lord, see, this thing I want to ask you. And, and uh, just for the, I said, I just want to flinch. You know what I mean to flinch? Is that, is that in correct English? It's not in, are you sure? It has entered the lexicon, no? It has not? You are, not this year. Before, by December, I'll go and check it. Yeah, time I tell the Lord, no, let's just flinch. You know what they call flinging? Just want to roll. You know, just want to, like, my father is rich. My father can afford $6 million to rent a boat for his birthday. You know what I'm talking about? You know the Nigerian man who did that? I don't know whether it's good or bad. All I know is that my father is richer. So if I, if, that's the kind of thing I'm saying. I say, Lord, I want my boat on the, my birthday on the boat, but don't give me the money because there's no way. Because if I use that money to rent a boat, you, even you will put me out of ministry. So... <laughs> So just bring the boat. <laughs> yeah. So what am I saying to these people of God? See, if you want to ask God for things, be direct about it. Be direct about it. Don't, be, don't whine him. Say, brethren, want to ask God for something. Let's begin to praise God now. This is the day that the Lord has made. Why do all these people are leg like this anyway? <laughs> I don't know where that began from. They will sing the song, sing the song. Okay, let us worship. Hey, 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 hey. I, I understand heaven. God is it gets impatient with that. Look, stop, 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 stop. Get to the point, get to the point. My children come to the room and say, Hey, me correct daddy. Ultimate daddy. Jagaban of Nigeria. Uh-uh. <laughs> that what happened now. <laughs> I will know there is a problem. What if you just come, ah, daddy. That daddy has, that's priest. I hope he has, no. That word, that word daddy has accommodated a lot of things. So please, let's understand. That's how our father is. If you ask him anything sincerely, he answers prayer. He answers prayer. He, listen, he answers prayer. He doesn't even understand why we have problems. He said, look, ask me about this thing and let me solve it and let's get it over with. The only thing doesn't want his problems you, you create. You know, create. You just go and say, Lord, I'm not happy. Why am I not happy? My friend has a bigger car. The one you have, he takes it, put it into the gutter. Say, next. He <laughs> doesn't like those comparative. You start feeling inferior when there's no reason for inferiority. Uh, do you get my point? No, God doesn't understand. You can't use him to massage worldly systems, worldly standards, worldly ego. No. Say, Lord, no, this is not where my mate is. God say, who are your mates? Name two. Because as far as I'm concerned, you're the only mate I know. You are your own mate, nobody else. But if you come to him sincerely, Lord, my house is small. I can't receive guests. When they come, we are not comfortable. Enlarge our rooms. Give us a bigger house. I don't care what, what, how valuable I live in. I just want to be more comfortable. There is nothing wrong with that. 
Lord, I have to be able to walk, you know, with a quiet mind. I want to be able to shut my children out and stay and be quiet. So, I want a bigger house. I think a five-room duplex would be good. The worst thing you would do to yourself is say, huh, do you know how much I rent house in Enugu now? Once you say that, you ain't getting anything. Just say the way you have said it and leave it there. If he has to create a house for you, he will. No, see, the way he will answer that, you will be surprised. Tell him, Lord, I need to move about. My, this car breaks down all the time. You have a chaser to my father. Fix it so it, doesn't, it starts breaking down. Oh, give me another one. In fact, this one is already old. Give me another one. I, I entered this man's car the other day. When I put gear like this, I didn't see the whole of the back. You, you, you tell the Lord like that. That kind of thing, I like it. The music set, self, I started hearing heaven. No, I'm telling you, just tell the Lord. No, I'm not kidding about it. It's not comparison that says, oh, this man's car. No, it's more like this kind of level. It exists now. The people driving it, are they, are they more born again than I am? Are they going to a better heaven? Don't be afraid to ask that kind of thing. You're not killing yourself over it, are you? If I think you should ask for something that's very expensive, that you won't even think about how you will get it. Because if you're going to ask for the one that's just, just a little bit beyond, you'll be thinking. Or just do something that only God can do. I hope you're getting my point. Please, I just wanted to dismiss that. So that's how God solves our problems. Let's not worry about that. The main thing is what I'm talking about. Why do we study scriptures? We want to be friends of God. One thing I found out is that, see, life has different spheres. God is planting people in different places. Let me give an example now. Maybe you're an investor, you're an entrepreneur. The business, the business atmosphere in Nigeria, God wants to build people to a level where who's ruling in Asurok, who's ruling in Abuja, is inferior to who is his friend, even though the person is in Enugu Abakiliki. What do I mean by that? You sit down and say, listen, Lord, the tariff on this is not good. I think it should come down. And you tell the Lord, this is my reason. At this rate, it's discouraging this and that. It discourages this. Business people who are working this line, you know, you just explain to him. And this is my reason for saying, I think we should bring down that tariff. You are in Enugu. You are not in the ruling party. You don't work for federal ministry of anything. Then over the next three weeks, you hear. Next thing, just you, you, you open the newspaper to read. Just a tariff on this has been dropped from this person to this percentage. And you are thinking, ah, that's what I just discussed with the Lord three weeks ago. Now, there are people nationwide praying, no. But God just has two or three of your type to control that region. I don't know whether you're getting my point. What we do a lot of them, we like to complain, grumble and complain. No. What the Lord is actually doing, I want you to bear this in mind, is that he's planting his people in different spheres of life. Just make up your mind. You're not going to... Be... See, again, let me get there. You can travel to anywhere you want to go to. But you should know the things that are more important in life. Me, I would rather be... Listen, I don't care how poor you want to say my country is, but if God comes by my house regularly to determine who will be the governor, I'm not leaving the place. Just that I know that between the Lord and I, we decide who rules, who does not rule. We decide the laws in my sitting room. That I can get on my knees and talk to God. And I've seen him do it a number of times. I'm not leaving. No. I'm not, no. That is an appointed place for me. I know what I'm telling you. God is looking for people to appoint in several places. 
One person cannot be in every place. There will be a few friends of God that he will place in agriculture in this nation. They're not in government. They may be. One or two may be. But they're not. They're just farmers. They're investors in the agri-sector. They're food processors. They will look and say, no. Anytime we are driving our produce across the road, all these produce, produce people, this harassment is too much. They sit down and say, Lord, there has to be order. What we think that there should be a central body we pay this amount to monthly. Once we do that and we have our receipt, nobody should be on the road stopping anybody. They will say it in their homes. Then the birds, the angels of God, will carry that straight to the policymaker's office. I don't wake up in the morning. And let me tell you something about kings. Their heart. God, you say, write a new law. He will send Ahitophels to come and compel them to write the new law. Sometimes they will write it the way he doesn't like. An angel will go, change, the, change it. By the time they get to the gas office, he doesn't, he just signs. When the people who crafted the one God doesn't like sees it, they wonder, who inserted this clause? You want to know the truth? An angel inserted it. We complain about all the time about education in Nigeria because of the experience I've had in the last few years when I see how bad things have become. You know what the Lord is saying? And who's talking to me about it? Who am I having conversations with about it now? Everybody is complaining. Sometimes God says, look, you are my friend. Go and settle down. Tell me what we should do. That's why, listen, in this life, don't be jumping up and down from one industry to another. Pray that God should locate you where you're supposed to be. So that you have a voice. You know, some people, you know, I told you that the people are saying that, pray, pray against injustice in Nigeria. Why? Petroleum industry bill. So this, the, the information got to me to pray against injustice in Nigeria. I told him my reaction. I sent a message back. I said, how do I pray about what I don't understand? And I said, there's a law they want to make in nuclear sector in Nigeria. I pray against it. You can't, even, you can't spell nucleus. You can't spell it. You mean that kind of thing. You just say, Lord, have mercy on us. So I said to people that time, I said, please, I beg. This, I can't pray about it. Why? I don't know about it. Then I visited one of our brothers in Abuja, who's a high-ranking oil industry person. So I said, ah, sir, I wanted to ask you this. They said we should pray about this thing, against this thing that children hold, that is injustice. You know what he said? Those people, do they love this country? Yes. He said, those who say you should pray about this, are they Nigerians? Do they love this country? He said, I don't think so. I just said to him, thank you. Because he understands the industry. Then he sat me down and went through it step by step. I said, they said this. He said, don't mind them. They don't understand. This is what this means. This is what this percentage is supposed to do. I said, what about this one? He said, nonsense. They don't understand. Again, please, I will get there. Eh? Please, I, I hope I'm blessing you this evening. And let me get back to this thing again. I've, I've, this is about the third time I'm saying it, or fourth time in recent times. Please, I beg you in the name of the Lord. Don't walk around like an oppressed person. Don't walk around like a victim. One day, I, I had to teach some of my children. Then when you're walking, I said, I said, pull your shoulder back. Raise your neck. Make sure your chin is at this level. Don't walk and put your head down. For what reason? I told my child, I said, no, nothing like that. You're walking. I said, pull it back. No, they call it pull it. I said, lie, lie. It's not allowed. 
you, if you straighten your head, even dog will look at you twice before it barks. Tell me, I'm not joking about it. In life, I, I've learned that thing. You're walking into a place, and I think when I was much younger, I was the opposite. I was a bit timid for certain reasons. I learned in life, I said, no. So now, the way, the, the, the way I behave now, and it's not just now, I've been like that for years, it borders on arrogance. And you know what I found out? There's nothing really biting anybody anyway. Remember when I got to one checkpoint? So just say, you can't stop here. I said, bro, I beg. No vex, I know. But as, as things, did, my motto, eh? Wala, not, I just talk to like a human being. No, everyone say, hey, no, suja wala, I don't want suja wala. I'm not fighting him. I don't have a gun. I'm not shooting him. When I approach, I wind down. He sees the inside the car. But I'm not supposed to stop near his checkpoint. But I explained to him, look, my car has a problem. I need to stop here. Okay, Oga. That's the all they'll tell you. He, I wasn't a threat to him. I've learned that in this life. I raise my shoulder everywhere I go. Everywhere. I do my own to a level that sometimes they let me know if I do it. <laughs> I went to a bank in the US once. I was waiting. I said, I said, can somebody tell me why I'm waiting? <laughs> yeah. How can you say that to, that to them? Please, can somebody explain to me why I'm waiting? Because I've been standing for about five minutes. I didn't understand. This is America. I'm not supposed to stand. I thought everything worked perfectly. It's a lie. <laughs> After I stood for five minutes, I just said, please, can somebody explain to me why I'm still waiting? I need to talk to somebody. One lady now answered me that, please, what well, they are telling these other people that I have to wait for a while. And like, why not get here? <laughs> it may not be my country. It doesn't matter. It's a bank and I have money. <laughs> you don't know how much it is. It can be $100. It can be a million dollars. You don't know which is which. I'm telling you. No, but God has helped me with that thing. Anywhere I go, I, I raise my shoulder. I raise it. Why am I saying so? That problem is still there in a lot of people, especially, you know, when this election was going to happen, people say, the North will not agree. I said, why do you talk about the North as if it's a God I have to serve? I said, what is the North? Human beings like you and me? But when people say, you see the kind of Overcomed mentality. Is that English good? No, there's overcomer mentality. Then there's the overcomed person mentality. I say, no, now. My attitude is that if God wants me, anybody will serve the will of God. Everybody will serve the will of God. Everybody will serve the will of God. Please, I'm begging people again. Don't ever have that. I'm an oppressed. It's very common down south here. We're oppressed, we're oppressed. Oppressed who? When they were saying pray against the petroleum industry bill, that was what they were telling us. They not want to use to oppress the South. Yeah, that was the argument. See, let me tell you something. One of the worst things, Solomon calls people like that fools. One of the worst set of human beings who re- try to talk with that ignorant people. It's pa- no, their ignorance is painful. You look and say, eh, God, so you're planning to bless this person too. They open their mouth. Eh? They have decided to kill us. You wonder who is they? Who is us? What are they gaining from killing us? Like, let me give you the last. No, I'll get there. I'll, in fact, let me finish my message now. I will have to say it. When coronavirus started, COVID, when COVID 19 started, one of the most annoying things I heard was that people said, eh, so people have conspired to use COVID 19 to disrupt economic activity in the world. If you believe it, you're not normal. 
Now, I'm saying that one to say, tell everybody, Pastor Banky said, if I believe that, I was abnormal. It also shows you are very ignorant. They will not show you a book and that uh, this plan had been laid out before. They, they, they wear masks. This one, that, when they finished, I said, ignorance is a terrible thing. I said, this plan you are saying laid up, it's been laid down. Yes, it is true. The plan has been laid down before COVID-19 came. Do you know why? That is how WHO responds. They have, a, they have a template for response to every potential outbreak of disease on this earth. They have it already. So that you saw it in the book is not new. They are not hiding it. If you want the one they have for when smallpox breaks out, they have it. If Ebola was to spread over the world, they already have it. That's the, they are planners. They have PhDs in planning for things that have not happened. And COVID-19 is not new. Spanish flu was worse. And they had experiences from Spanish flu. They already have templates. If these this respiratory viruses, when they break out, this is how we respond. It is not, a, it's not proof that somebody set it out for you. We ascribe to human beings things that only God can do. Honestly, you know when you see human beings, they say, hey, you don't know what human beings are capable of. I say, no, you don't know what God is capable of. Who is it that says a thing and it comes to pass when the Lord has not commanded it? Did God now not say, if he says it's biological weapon, God said, I made the scientists that made it. And I'm saying to you, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. And every mouth that rises against you in judgment, you will condemn. Then we stand there and be seen as if they are coming for us. They are coming for us. Christians are more afraid of the Antichrist than they are of Christ. Every technology is Antichrist. COVID-19. They are giving vaccine. They say Antichrist. You know the funny thing? Somebody say, you, you know, honest, and they should be insulted. People are very stupid. Pfizer that was making the vaccine, it makes Viagra for them. They all buy and swallow it. No, Pfizer just looking like, if I want to control you, I don't need to make vaccine. I will put in the Viagra and give you free of charge. I will even make you pay for it. But all the men will keep quiet. The same Pfizer. They've been making medicines forever. It is now vaccine. They now want to use. Do you know how many of the injections you give to yourself and your children every year? What rubbish? Why do we just think as if our brain is some hidden somewhere, you know, at the back, and we sit on it? It's very annoying. No, I personally find it annoying. Is I understand what Solomon talks about fools. Stop walking around like a victim. Talk about anti-cancer. I said, look, you see, pastors talking, talking, talking. Said they are planned it. I said, do you have a god? Is he alive at all? Why are you so afraid of human beings? The new technology is antichrist. I say, eh. So what happened to my Christ? Is he dead? He forgot to rise up from the dead? My Christ has more power than the antichrist. And there is he that let it, or there is he that hinders, and shall continue to hinder until it is taken out of the way. And for your information, the man of sin will not be manifested, the Bible says, until there is a great falling away first. Is a great apostasy that introduces the man of sin. You cannot pray against the man of sin. You can't. When his time comes, he will show. The only thing that can stop the man of sin, the Antichrist, is make sure there's no apostasy around you. As pastors preach the truth, as long as our pulpits are releasing the truth of God into the atmosphere, the Antichrist is on suspension. 
Every new technology, I will, add, I, will, I, will, I will look at it. If it blesses me, I will use it. One of them said, but you didn't take vaccine. I said, how many times have I taken your life? As if, as if I'm talking. I said, listen, if I needed to travel and they say, take the vaccine before you travel, I will take it. I was driving on that day. They said, okay, I needed to go and take a yellow fever vaccine. And in case you don't know, yellow fever vaccine is much more dangerous. I'm not trying to scare you. I know two doctors. One, I don't know them personally. One person between us. One, it killed. The other, it paralyzed permanently. They wanted to travel, wanted to take a little vaccine. Yes. Ah, no, because they are life attenuated vaccines. So some of those vaccines, there's a way they produce them, through what they call passage. So some of them, they are not activated, deactivated enough. Or they are contaminated. Walk up and kill these two young women. No, in fact, both of them killed. One, they cried out all over the world. She didn't read. Treated her in Nigeria, took her, broke, went to Europe, finally brought her paralyzed body back home. Why am I talking about this talking? Please, eh? Nobody should go around scaring you. There are worse things happening in the world than be, 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 be. Ah, that thing in your bank was annoying. See, my Jesus is more to be feared than the Antichrist. Though. If I see the Antichrist, I will swear for him. I go do and walk. Say, oh boy, there's nothing you can do. Even, if God, even God says, kill me, kill me, I'll go to heaven. I will not be afraid of your coming. Every little thing they say that Antichrist can use it. Listen, in case you don't know, Google has been tracking your life for the last 10 years. Ever since you bought an Android phone. The day you bought an Android phone, your life was over. And now suddenly Google say, hey, thank God I use iPhone. They started it. iPhone, master trackers. They know when you sit, when you stand, what you eat, what you order, what you don't order. Why don't they go? Americans and Europeans are always fighting on this privacy thing. Most of the things you say, accept, accept. Do you read them? Some people have signed, the, they've signed away their grandfather's house that they don't know. You download an app, bam, your grandfather's house. The day they come to college, that's when you know. There's one very popular app people use. I won't tell you the name of the app. Let me be honest with you. One day somebody said, do you have this app? I said, I don't use it. Why? I downloaded it once because... God gave me, I understand the bit of technology. So I just play. So one day I was checking. In a month, listen to me, in a month that I did not use the app, when I didn't launch it once, it consumed 300 MB of my data. <laughs> I uninstalled it yesterday. That is, as soon as I found out, I said I uninstalled it for the last two years. I was just uninstalling it. If you know the amount of spyware that you download from these play stores every time, Google and Google are always trying to monitor them to see who's spying on you. So if you are waiting for Antichrist, Sergey Brin is an Antichrist. Larry Page, and you have been dining with the devil for a long time. Those of you who use iPhone, so don't worry. If you are going to go to hell, you're already in hell already. <laughs> but don't worry, you're not going anywhere. Because your defender is strong. The one that watches over you is strong. There's one thing the Bible calls the glory of God. It calls him your rare God. It says the glory of the Lord will be your rare reward. If you read King James, modern translation will say it will be your rare God. You know what it means? It's guarding where you don't know. Think, look, they've tried to hack your account. They keep on missing it. What? You don't know. It's called the glory of the Lord will be your rare God. Please bear it in mind. You are defended of the Lord. Don't be afraid. That's what I'm going to say. Don't be afraid. Don't walk like a victim. When you're walking, raise, you know, put your shoulder back. Don't do it like this. Learn how to chest out. When you want to stand, turn the eyes, stand like this. 
Don't stand like this here. You're slouching all the time. You have the strength of God. God is on your side. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are connected. You are defended. You are protected. God is with you for goodness sake. He's your father. You are more connected than the owner of that company. You are more connected. I'm telling you. There's nobody, whether it's Dangote or Ted Dollar, whatever rich man in this country, God gave them their wealth. And if he says, bless my son, they must. If they don't, you get angry. Bear it in mind. There's a glory upon you for goodness sake. There is. There is. Stop traveling and say, I don't know anybody. One young woman told me, he said, she needed a job. I said, the little said, I think people now is a good state. I said, eh, why didn't you go there? He said, you know, I'm able, they won't take me. You know, I, 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 I convulsed. What rubbish is that? I have the little rascal. Have you ever been to... Uh, this girl has never crossed on nature. Those people that are been like abroad. <laughs> so that's, I said, people like you that are the problem of this country. Go there. Not only will they give you work, they will even give you a husband. <laughs> it's true now. Some people might say, my father will not agree. Better I want your father. All of you that your father says you want marry for your place, tell them that I say you should just go home and say, Daddy, Papa says I should want you. With all due respect, be warned. I'm telling you the truth. Your father is still angry because he fought in the Biafran War and he's bringing it on your head till today. Say, Daddy, I didn't fight in the war, leave me. Leave me. My friends are, look, I have a full and a friend. You tell your father like that. My friends are from every part of the country. One sister told me once something once. He said that eh, her father told her that eh, she must is from I think around here that she must never marry a Yoruba man. So I told her. I said, "Tell your father that you know me. That I'm a very nice guy. Of course, I was married at that time, so that people like me are one you're referring to." I remembered her recently. You know what happened? Of course, she married the way her father wanted. Something made me remember her recently. So I wanted to say, "Ah, where is this young woman?" So I said, "What did I find online? Her divorce papers." I said, "Look at. I said, look at this. You look at what your father has done to you." She married the way her father said she should marry. And her heavenly father said no. That's all of this. Reverend Chooks, how did I get there? Eh? It's the Holy Spirit. (laughs) That's what he said to me. He said the Holy Spirit. (laughs) But let me finish my... I'm done with my message. I just wanted to finish connecting somewhere. Oh, God. Friend of God. That's what we are. We want to be friends of God. Who is the friend of God? One who understands his character and who trusts his word as final. Who is that friend of God? One who understands his character and who trusts his word as final. We'll talk more about it. We haven't spoken enough. Anytime God wants to send something to you, he sends a word. You hold that word. Anything he says, he says you are blessed. I don't care how sick you think you are. I don't care how poor you think you are. I don't care the curse that one one one. one Ignorant prophet told this upon your family. Hold on to that word. You know what people don't understand? The word becomes flesh. I'll talk about that next time. What did I say? The word becomes flesh. You know what that means? It will inactivate all the negative things. Bow your heads. Give the Lord thanks. We'll talk about it next time. The word becomes flesh. The word becomes flesh. Say, Lord, thank you. The word becomes flesh. Say, Lord, I thank you. 
make me your friend. That's the prayer you pray before we go. Say, Lord, make me your friend. Say, Lord, make me your friend. Make me your friend. That, that, that prayer is deep. Make me your friend. I want to be your friend. My desire, Lord, is to be your friend. Lord, come to my house and discuss issues. Raise me to that level. Raise me to that level. Raise me to that level. I want to be the friend of God. That's what faith does. It makes you the friend. The friend. The friend of God. Say to the Lord, that's my greatest desire. I want to be your friend.